0: Hello, everyone. Rob Kress here, Root Pharmacist, and uh, thanks for tuning in and welcome to another episode of Root Pharmacist Radio. So, you know, today I want to talk about something. uh, It's more of a chat period, I guess you could say, but we're going to talk about cancer. Um, What is it? One in six people will get cancer in a lifetime. You know, to be actually attention to treat it. I mean, we get cancer through our lifetimes actually a number of times, um, but our body is able to deal with it. Um, but when the diagnosis comes and there's a metastasis or there's a tumor, you know, shit in life really gets real, really fast. And Oftentimes, if you have not experienced it yourself as a direct one on one relationship, you really don't know the gravity of what's going on. I mean, you could throw some empathy and some sorrow and give those sorry ads to people, like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear, and all that stuff. But, you know, living with it and being knee deep in it is completely, completely a different perspective that people look at. So, um, I'm going to share a personal story here with you. I'm going to keep uh, aside from me, <laughs> uh, the players in the game out of it because you know it's 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 a relative. Um, we're we're going through it right now, but I think what we've gained so far, and what I've witnessed from an outsider looking in, because you know, you hear about the art of detachment, and you try to practice that in everything. You know, you kind of look like a conscientious observer. You try to want to. Consciously evaluate what's going on in your own life, uh, your thoughts, your emotions, and everything that's involved, as well as everyone around you. You know, and you just um, you kind of want to shift from that personal side of things to that impersonal side of things, because as we know, our minds and our thoughts and emotions can be like a runaway train sometimes. So, I'm going to share with you uh, a story of someone within my life, um, and what. It's been going on. What the process has been to this point, and I'm hoping what this can do is highlight some points for you. If it's someone in your life, um, or even if it, even if it's just something that allows you to think a little a little differently, whether it's about cancer, whether it's about health, or anything else in your life, because you know I really believe the life lessons that are given to us, they're given for reasons of untold learning, constant learning in every direction. It doesn't have to be just about that process. And, you know, I'll start with that. Um, How do you impersonalize something like being diagnosed with cancer? How do you impersonalize someone that you know, you know, the instant of itself? And, you know, what I have found, um, and this would be from the work of Carolyn Mace, but it's really about our contracts uh, that we have signed before we've come into this world. Uh, it's almost like before we've stepped foot onto this, this earth we're on, we our souls have made these contracts with other people, and some of them are short contracts. Some of them could be a contract of just saying hi to someone on the street, but some of these could be longer contracts. They could be like a, a relationship with a mother and father. They could be a marriage. They could be a long friendship. They could be a short friendship. Well, if you think about it, cancer in itself is a contract. It's a contract to everyone involved. It's a contract for the patient. It's a contract for the people that they know. It's a contract for their practitioners, their oncologists, their surgeons, um, everyone that they come across. So when you step back, it's like, oh, this is part of my soul's growth, my soul's path. And I know it might sound easier said than done, but I believe there's a lot of truisms to that. And you kind of got to say, all right, what am I here to learn here? And this is everyone involved. You know, it's not just the patient. So let's walk into this scenario. Uh, this individual I know was admitted into an emergency room, uh, where they, due to various symptoms, uh, they found a mass uh, in the uterine area. So, as well as through a CT scan, inflamed lymphs. Now, lesson one here. The emergency room doctor, because they saw inflamed limbs, came out and said, I'm sorry to tell you, you have cancer, which is a bunch of bullshit. Ended up to be true, but it's just a bunch of bullshit because you cannot diagnose without a pathology report, and that was not a pathology report. So a CT scan cannot diagnose a condition. That in itself can put someone into emotional turmoil, the individual being diagnosed, the person with them. Everyone around them, everyone that has a conversation. For instance, when I heard about this, um, a fellow uh, practitioner and friend uh, went out of her way to find all the information she could for me. As if it was, you know, and, and we knew you couldn't diagnose that way. And that's what came back as, but still, so many people get so hooked and involved because this is cancer, right? It's quite emotional. So, first and foremost. So then, Next step is going to OBGYN, endometrial biopsy to find that, well, slides come back irregular or the samples came back irregular, so we don't know, but already set up for a GYN-ONC visit uh, because we have seen enlarged lymph nodes and we have seen that there is a mass. So, and we have seen the lymph nodes in the upper part. So a CT scan is ordered of the lungs. We want to see what's going on with those lymphs. Lymphs came back clear. Uh, Another biopsy was ordered through the hospital where they go through the back and they'd test the lymphs that are in there to see the enlarged lymphs that they saw if, in fact, they were cancerous. Came back positive. Yes, they were. So, recommendation is surgery, which is a complete hysterectomy, removal of uterus, ovaries, tubes, all obviously examine everything. So, patient goes through this process. And this has been a long, drawn-out process. So, if you can imagine, uh, when people are going through such an ordeal, what happens is, where people are quite supportive, often they inevitably inevitably bring to the store the table their story, whether it's their story about surgery, whether it's their story about cancer, and they throw it on the patient, on the individual afflicted. Which this individual. Could be having an easy time with it, they could be having a hard time with it. So, regardless, as great as the intention, it can be quite disruptive sometimes. So, you know, if you are someone who is dealing with someone that's dealing with cancer, if I could suggest one of the best things you can do is just listen. Uh, one of the second best you can, things you can do is just say, How can I help you? You know, or maybe you've been through a lot of surgeries, I've been through a lot of surgeries. Any questions you have of me? So, surgery goes, successful surgery, in the hospital, three or four days. Um, That in itself was a recovery process because it was a major surgery. 15-centimeter growth taken out, Um, two-week follow-up. Patients starting to eat a little more, eating a little better, but really, I mean, lost a lot of weight. You know, traumatic, stressful, anxiety. So at this point also, we start incorporating, the patient starts incorporating a lot of mindfulness, a lot of mind-to-body things. Um, Starts extensively looking at all the directions you can go, which, you know, sometimes can be a blessing and a curse. Um, Empowerment's. Empowering oneself uh, with self knowledge can be a great thing. With the access of the internet, sometimes we find ourselves in rabbit holes that can be scary as hell. So we need to find that in balance, you know. Um, and. One way to approach this would really be how we approach everything. We need to approach everything with cycles of life, with the rhythms. Because think about it. We are individuals, we're very rhythmic beings. We're not just our circadian rhythm of day or night. We have ultradian rhythms, we're these mini rhythms throughout the day. And this is how our body responds to stress. You know, we are not good at dealing with chronic stress, which most chronic stress these days comes from our mind and our emotions. So negative thoughts, worries, fears could be anything as simple as a test, right? Maybe finances, or it could be something as major as cancer. Who knows, right? But these are things that are constantly there. So we got to find a way to impart breaks. We've got to disconnect. We've got to breathe. We've got to get outside. A lot of these are the strategies I'll talk about my seven roots, but um, it's just really important to break things up and not to stay in a rabbit hole for too long and to dig yourself out of it. Okay. So two-week follow-up comes, see the surgeon uh, going over the test results. Everything looks good. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's almost like it sounded like everything went great. There was no cancer in the other organs, ovaries, no cancer, some polyps, no big deal, yada, 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 yada. And then the hammer drops it's a stage 3 class 3 i don't even know the exact description I'll, i could find out but um which we recommend six rounds of chemotherapy uh and in between on the third one pelvic radiation three more things Uh you'll be very sick uh chances of living are about 40% you will lose your hair yada 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 boom slash and burn right they actually says I want to hit this cancer as hard as I can. Now, think about that. And I want you to think about it because we're hitting the cancer hard, but we're not. what we're not doing is looking at the body as a whole, right? The body is the host. We've got to strengthen the body. So, patient and family members walk out kind of like the floor just dropped out from under them, went in feeling pretty confident. Going over the results felt good, and then bam, forty percent going to feel like shit. Basically, lose your hair. So, uh, a bit jard reached out to a uh, a well-known integrative practitioner, functional medicine practitioner, who has actually quite a large cancer base. Fortunately, this practitioner got the patient in next morning. Did a phone consult of this phone consult. Sets in the right direction. And, and must I say, what I might say also, the original practitioner I spoke about, the colleague that talked about, you know, has to be a patholo- pathology report and really, you know, threw a lot of her concern in there. Recommended Cancer Center Treatments of America. That was just first and foremost. So Got to give kudos there. So now we're going to fast forward to the day after the two-week follow-up, talking to this other practitioner. And um, let's see, went over everything, alcohol consumption. What's the deal with alcohol? It's the sugar content. Cancer feeds on sugar. When these folks were down at the original Slash and Burn um, oncologist, nothing was talked about that nothing was mentioned about that cancer sugar feeds cancer so we got to go low sugar speaking about animal proteins animal fats how we could do much better with vegetable so we were looking for a pants plant slant diet Talks about the balance of hormones, obviously how the metabolism of estrogen can flow through, which is true. Uh, We want to find out the metabolites of our two and our 16 estrogens to see which is going to be more proliferative, what's not. Help epigenetically guide the metabolism, the things in the right direction. Um, Talk about support structure. Talk about how important it is to have connection, to have community, to have life, to have love, to have laughter. Um, Dr. Bernie Siegel in his book, well, I think it was RA that he had an issue with. I think it was Bernie Siegel, Siegel but laughter was the key to his treatment. After going through a lot of different processes, he started to watch funny movies and laughter brought him out of it. So we've got to understand we are a holistic being. We are of our mind. We are of our body. We are of our spirit. We are our soul, right? Our story to this day the reason why we are is a story that led up to us now we need to be present in the now but we still got to understand what our past history has done what our worries what our fears that have laid on us how they are completely affecting our system right now so one thing i want to throw here which is very interesting talking to this practitioner um the ketogenic diet was brought up and even uh, exogenous ketones. These folks were familiar with um, Dom uh, D'Agostino and the work that he's done. Um, the practitioner basically said, well, the deal with the ketogenic diet is that it's low carbohydrate, but what I, most people that have to do that are going to eat lots of butter and bacon and stuff like that, which I don't want you to do. I want you to go more of a Mediterranean style diet. Thus, the question comes up, well, Mediterranean style, they actually do consume a good n- number of grains, you know, granted they're sprouted. So, the sprouted is going to bring a certain amount of, what we'll say like Ezekiel, nutrients to the table. Um, but the practitioner kind of just said, you know, not really given the benefits to that, but nonetheless also followed up to say, we do want to look, obviously, plant slant. We want to keep the carbohydrates low. And the deal with chemo, and be in the stage, be in the class that it is, also believes that chemotherapy is absolutely recommended because the individual has had, since it's in the limbs, has micro cancers going through their body, right? So chemo is going to be the only way that's going to destroy it. So now at this point, it's still alarming because the individual, from what I understand, was hoping to kind of hear an alternative, but this doctor also recommended the Cancer Treatment Centers of America because chemotherapy, one of the challenges with it, it causes a lot of nutritional depletions. And chemo is not just chemo. There's a lot of variables that can go in it. So recommended to go to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which they did. They made the call. And these folks were absolutely wonderful over the phone. Uh, probably spent an hour, an hour and a half with them, answering all the questions. Very compassionate. Um, just gave them a good feeling. Set them up. Set the patient up with an individual who has a similar story that volunteers through them to help people through this ordeal. Through Cancer Treatment Centers of America, what they do is they give you a team. It's lead oncologists, other physicians, naturopaths, nutritionists. So they set you up. Your first meeting is three days. They'll fly you in. Whatever needs to get you there to take the stress off. They set you up with hotel rates that are quite easily to access, so like a regular 100 some dollar room, $120-$30 room is $25. So they look to alleviate the stress and really bring, look at you as a patient. So let's talk, talk about the chemotherapy thing. What, what are some things that a lot of people don't know? Because, you know, let me backtrack here. Remember when I said a lot of people bring your stories to the table? Well, this individual patient was outside their house and their new neighbor walked by, asked how they were doing, and they knew the story. Well, this individual had, had breast cancer five years before, went the slash and burn technique. Brought her story to the table for this patient, saying how sick she was, how in the end of it she couldn't even get up and walk or move or feed herself. They had to bring people in to help her out. Did share how everyone else is affected—the husbands, the children. You know, you're, you're kind of living with this thing, and you know you do need to bring some positivity to the table. But in this case, what the doctor said is, we want to do everything we can to kill this cancer. And that's through chemotherapy and radiation, which almost killed this patient. And it is now deep into this patient's story. This patient, and I will say, is vibrant and healthy and strong now that they've cleared it of the five years. But what they went through almost killed them. Once again, we're not treating the host, we're not looking at the whole person. This person told this current now patient, saying, Don't worry about nutrition. You just need to eat, you just need to get calories in. Don't worry about nutrition. One of the the doctor, the integrative functional doctor we, that, they were, that they spoke to basically recommended the book, Was it, Healing Cancer with Nutrition, Patrick someone? It's about nutrition. It's about not feeding the cancer with carbohydrates, with glucose. So you do have to worry about nutrition. It's not just putting the weight on. It's not just consuming what you'll eat. It's actually getting creative and looking at what you can do for the individual. So these people are set up to go see Cancer Centers of America and go through that experience. So now, and 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 at this point, when they talked to the functional medicine doctor, they said, you know, basically, if you do all these things, if you lower your sugar, yada, 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 you've got about an 80% chance of survival, 80 to 85%. So in a day, this patient heard a 40% chance of survival to an 80. Tell me that's not good news, right? And then you look at all the support that comes through. So, these individuals are big into nutrition. One individual is pretty familiar with the ketogenic diet, actually, and primal living. Shared some information. Started to look at the work of Dom D'Agostino, if you know of him. He's one of the foremost researchers in the world on ketone supplementation, as well as in cancer therapies. And what's interesting in lab studies, what he noticed is that cancer cells do not proliferate nearly as much if you've got cells in a low-sugar environment, right, in one dish, or maybe in a rat, right, maybe in a rat. So you've got one which is just low-glycemic diet, low-sugar, the other one is low-glycemic, but when you add the beta-hydroxybutyrate, the ketones to it, phenomenally better, phenomenally better. So exogenous ketones actually do play a role here. Came across some information, actually, that Don offered, and actually this, interest enough, came through Tim Ferriss' book, Tools of Titan, so it's a good book. But in general, they like the idea of fasting, basically, saying fasting before chemotherapy is definitely something that should be implemented in oncology wards. Fasten essentially slows, sometimes stops, rapidly dividing in cells and triggers an energetic crisis that makes cancer cells selectively vulnerable to chemo and radiation. There are good studies to support this. Within cancer cells and cancer, it's a lot of mitochondria, very powerful engines. So they feed and they proliferate fast. So fasten is a way to do that. On top of that, Ketogenic diet, which essentially is high fat, low sugar, low protein. We could do a modified ketogenic diet too. Modified means still high fat, lowering it down a bit, bringing some protein into it. In that case, adding some MCT, medium chain triglycerides, in addition to the external ketones, the exogenous ketones. If you're asking, the one that I personally use or I like is I just use this myself is Ketoneutropic from Designs for Health. I like the product, I like the company, I know it's quality. But there's a lot of good stuff out there. They also recommend intermittent fasting, one meal a day within a daily four-hour window. So, you know, modified fast, let's consider that. Uh, I personally like the work of Mark Sisson where he might eat, and that's where I've done my education from too, where he might eat a meal about noon, one o'clock, and then again at seven. So he's got like a seven-hour eating window. And then he'll go all night, and that helps clean the cells you know, until the next day. Ketone supplementation recommended two to four times a day. The objective here would be to elevate the beta-hydroxybutyrate levels to one to two millimoles above the baseline, which sometimes can be hard to do. But you can add some MCT to help that out. And that's about three tablespoons a day. They're finding the powdered sources I like the one from Metagenics. is enhancing better because that's actually from the caprolic acid source, which seems to be the best one. They've talked about metformin, tri- 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 titrate in a daily dose. Metformin is a medication that um, is kind of the number one type two diabetes medication or insulin resistance medication. They feel that through ver- various roles, it might have some anti-cancer activities too. Um, And it's bringing that dose up to about 1,500 milligrams, 2,000 milligrams daily. One thing I do want to bring out is that it it can cause a severe depletion of B12 in about 30% of the patients. Maybe I shouldn't say severe, but to the point where it's misguided as diabetic neuropathies. So, you know, you start to see there's a lot of options here. You start to see that something like cancer, which a lot of people look at as a life sentence has so many roles, so many roles. So much like You need to have connections with people. You need to be social. You need to elevate your emotions. You need to look at diet. It needs to be plant slant, okay? Animal proteins are fine, but let's look at that. We need clean water, right? We need good, healthy exercise. Another thing, organ reserve. Let's talk about that. And I've talked about this in the past. Our organs basically... The organ reserve refers to the functional capacity of our organs to withstand stress and challenges. Well, tell me chemo or radiation, all that's not going to be a stress. Tell me not eating and losing a lot of weight not going to be a stress. So one of the best things we can do to support our organ reserve is to create a healthy lean body mass. And that's just muscle. And it's not to say too much, because too much muscle can actually weigh heavy on the organs. Um, I personally like the stuff of Mark Sisson. That's where I've learned my primal training. So it's basically weight-bearing exercises such as planks, squats, push-ups, pull-ups. And you can do these in a modified fashion. This individual can't do much right now because of the big surgery they had in their stomach. So instead of a push-up, recommendation was to stand up against the wall and push out that way. They can do squats, not a problem. Eventually get to the planks. But we need to do things like that two to three times a week, maybe two, just to help that muscle mass. Walking. Walking is a great thing to do. We want impact. So let's walk on the road, right? Um, Two to five hours a week, at least. Let's say that. Go on the larger side. Getting out in nature. Be outside. Such an important thing. Um, depending on the individual, sprints can offer a lot of benefit. They might not be up to it, but in a primal aligned way, um, sprints once every seven to ten days, maybe six cycles. Almost going full bore. Work your way up is a nice way to go. So in the end, I just want to hopefully give you an idea on how we can't – We need multiple options. Always looking for options. Don't just take one person's word for it. If these individuals listened to the people where the surgery went on, they'd be at a 40% chance. And numbers are numbers, right? But they didn't have any hope. Nothing was offered to them. They didn't know the role, or they weren't really looking at how significant the role was of the sugar. A lot of people might not know that at all until they heard the right information and got going to the right sources. And it doesn't have to be – Cancer Treatment Centers of America. There's a Dr. Block out of Illinois that uh, him and Chris Carr, they just did a cancer summit online. Another great source. So they're out there, right? So there's a lot of great op- options and opportunities. As I said, cancer centers will fly out. They'll get you there. So, you know, if you know people, just please give them the gift of more information on this. Um, look at it as a holistic picture. Now, lastly, you know, I started talking about this about contracts and lessons. Um, it's very, very interesting because these people, they have been given such levels of support through their paths. Um, meeting this doctor, this functional medicine doctor uh, that, that was years and years ago, and they've worked professionally with her. Um, that gave them that hope. Took things from 40% to 80%, a strong role in their life. Uh, relationships with Mark Sisson. Met him falls in line with everything. Ron Rosedale, another great dietary source, a great diet to keep the low sugar. Met him, knew him through professional practice. So, you know, so many different ways or, or you know, the one individual's uh, new colleague of the past six months. All these linkages, all these, and you just got to be aware because around you, you're given so much. It's like If you believe in them, but I do. Angels come out of the woodwork. There are living angels that are there. And they're gonna help deliver the right messages in the right direction. You just kind of need to breathe sometimes. Take a breath, reel it in, and realize this life certainly is a gift, and we've got many options to travel through it. And we need to develop the will. And what does will and surrender mean to me? It means it's the will to survive. I will do the work that needs to be done. But then I realized as I'm doing the work, I'm going to let go and I'm going to let God. I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to let it roll. So anyway, kind of a weird topic today, a little heavy. I have just been kind of looking at this whole process from afar. I just want to share that with you. Hopefully you can get some tidbits out of it. Um, thank you for tuning in. Robert Cress here, Root Pharmacist. Keep in touch. Um, Instagram Root Pharmacist, Facebook Root Pharmacist. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Love hearing from you. Thank you.